Welcome to Netfront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post-Dispatch, joined by our intrepid beat reporter, Jim Thomas, dialing in from Pittsburgh. JT, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Uh, uh, always enjoy these trips to Pittsburgh. Don't get here too often. We've got some uh, wintry weather here, a little, little snow flurries, and a uh, little hockey game tonight. Well, the Blues are on a, uh, in a in a very good place, despite uh, taking a number of injuries. This road trip, uh, the swing has been uh, been productive with one stopover to uh, to get some uh, some leftovers with the family. Uh, they have beaten some pretty good teams in some pretty tough places. Uh, one more challenge tonight, but I guess uh, Coach Craig Ruby has to be pretty pleased. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. You're right. Yeah, just about a 36 uh, three game uh, trip. Uh... Last week, about a 36-hour pit stop, uh, you know, get some clean socks in St. Louis and then and off again on a two-game trip. Uh, it, it has been nothing short in my mind of amazing the way the team has played with uh, with the injuries. And uh, a Pittsburgh writer asked uh, Carl Gunnarsson today about uh, all the Pittsburgh injuries, and Carl just looked at him and said, have you, have you looked at our team? <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the uh, uh, Penguins are – Injury depleted, but the the Blues are carrying on. Uh, I would say uh, amazingly, uh, injury uh, depleted. Just just playing some of their best hockey this season. We had a great moment. I tweeted out a picture of it today. Nathan Walker meets Doc Emmerich in the uh, in the Blues locker room. So what a world we live in when uh, Doc Emmerich knows who Nathan Walker is. Yeah, the uh, the the rare Australian-born player in the National Hockey League. Uh, he's an anomaly and uh, and a guy that. Boy, he's jumped right in after a very good start to a season in the American Hockey League, signed on as a depth guy, and he, he jumps up and uh, is able to uh, to mix right in. Yeah, mix right in, and not only mix right in, he's, he's earned, a, earned a very quick, the quickest of promotions, I guess you'd say, to the top line with Braden Shen and Jaden Schwartz, and it will continue tonight. Uh, you know how Craig Berube is. If, if the team's winning and you're playing pretty well, he'll, he'll keep those lines intact. And uh, Walker got a uh, he got an assist to Shen last night on the, on the top line, scored a goal uh, uh, the other night in Chicago on an assist from Schwartz. So he's going to keep him right right up there. And we've seen already he's he's a feisty player. He, he'll play physical despite his uh, his small stature, and uh, he's he's got some quicks. He'll he'll go in the corners and. Uh, you know, if you're uh, just a little aside, if you're Robert Thomas, uh, you know, hopefully you're paying attention because Walker has replaced Thomas, at least for now, on the top line with Tarasenko out. Yeah, he's a guy that comes up and there's an initial bump you get from any guy or most guys coming up from the A uh, that want to be in the, the National Hockey League. He uh, he comes up, he empties the, the bucket for you, but uh, he also has the ability to get on the puck. And uh, if you're coaching uh, the Blues, like Craig Brube coaches the Blues, uh, you'll take that. Yeah, no doubt. And, and you make a great point about that bump for a few games. Uh, and it, it, it happens almost with, with everybody that uh, – that comes up. We, we saw Clem Costin got a goal while, while he was up uh, uh, for a few games with the Blues, and we'll see if uh, if Walker can, can keep it up. But, uh, uh, again, to use your phrase, uh, uh, Walker is kind of a Baruby points player. He knows how to get those Baruby points because he will go in the corners. He will muck it up for a little guy. Uh, I, I saw him, uh, there was a moment in the Dallas game uh, Saturday where – some big stars player, I don't even know who it was, was knocked down. I'm like, who in the heck knocked him down? And then I looked, and, and getting up after knocking down the stars players was five foot nine Nathan Walker. So 
uh, he, he he plays with some uh, with some fire, and it's been a long road for him to you know get to the NHL. And then 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 he was he was up for a while with Washington during the seventeen eighteen season, but to work his way back. So hunger can be a a, a very valuable tool and motivator uh, in all of sport, especially in in hockey. We saw how it worked, and and kind of still burns inside uh, Jordan Bennington, who had to work extra hard to finally get his chance in the NHL and. Uh, uh, it'll be fun to watch and see what uh, what Walker can do here over the coming games. The big story of the recent stretch, uh, and you wrote about it in the Post Dispatch on STLToday.com, is the uh, the emergence of or the reemergence of Jake Allen. He had a chance to come back into the fray, and uh, with a tough schedule, a lot of some back to backs, a lot of road games, they needed Jake Allen to come in and step up and and, and perform well, which he has done. And now, actually, you'd have to say is. Wouldn't say stealing games, but certainly winning games for the Blues. Yeah, he certainly is, and and as I pointed out in in the story, uh, Gardo, and th- thanks for the plug there. I mean, I mean, it was it was Jordan Bennington, nineteen out of the first twenty four games for the Blues. Now they're basically, at least right now, and obviously it could be subject to change at any time. They're going game to game. Bennington's getting a start, then Allen, then Bennington, then Allen, and tonight it's uh, it's it's Jordan Bennington back in goal. I don't know how long this will keep up, but uh, again, as Craig Berube uh, told me, it's, it's a combination of two factors. Once it's a realization, they, they don't want Bennington, especially after the extended playoff run, they don't want him to burn out over the course of the season. They want to try to keep him fresh. You, you don't see, he was on a pace for about 65 games before Jake started uh, kind of working his way uh, more into the rotation. And he very, just a couple three handful of goalies nowadays that you see play that much so it's partly an acknowledgement of that but also an acknowledgement hey jake allen is playing really really good and hey we don't know how long this will last but while it's going on why not put him in the lineup a little bit more he looks very uh i don't know in some ways unjake like he just looks so calm in the net normally you see he's moving around a lot back and forth and he's he's just very calm no wasted motion it's like he's just, you know, he just locked in and 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 and, and focused and just in good position uh, all the time. So, uh, you know, it's good to see. I think for now, anyway, those talks about, uh, you know, maybe maybe you need to dump that salary and uh, uh, get rid of Jake. Uh, I think that's going to be quiet for at least a little bit. Yeah, I think uh, you know it's great for it's just a win-win. I mean, yeah, that day may come. It will come. And the fact he's building stock is, is a good thing. Uh, in the interim, you've got the load management issue, very popular topic in the NHL right now about keeping goaltenders fresh. And certainly they're able to do that uh, with, with uh, Bennington, which is great. You're building up Jake's confidence. And, and to me, it's what helps Jake now is, one, he's got a tremendous amount of drive. We know that. And sitting out in those all those playoff games, very hard on him, long summer. He's been dedicated. But two – we know the drives there, but also there's no pressure on Jake. You know, he's not the guy. He's the guy supporting the guy, and that's a comfortable place for him to regather his game rather than have to come back and, and carry the load again because he puts a lot of pressure on himself. He's just one of those guys that, you know, he's a hard-nosed competitor, he's all that, but he also he applies pressure to himself where Bennington's just got that calm confidence, a different type of demeanor altogether. Yeah, no, there's there's no doubt about that. Those guys are the yin and yang of uh, of uh, of goalies. Uh, uh, different pers- much different personalities and and much different uh, approaches. But you know, if anything, 
and who knows? Maybe next start out, it, it goes back to, you know, bad Jake. You know, now we've got very good Jake. But if nothing else, right now, if they want to make a trade, it certainly improves his, uh, his trade stock, you know, the way he's playing now. Now, if you're a team that needs a goalie, why wouldn't you look at Jake Allen for starting goalie? What, what's he making, like 4.3 and, and, and some change, million? That's not, uh, you know, that's not exorbitant if, if he's truly a, a starting goalie. And what we have to remember, though, tied into that is Ville Husso and how, how he's doing. I haven't looked at his numbers like just like today or yesterday, but he's, he's having a pretty good but not great season. So I'm sure ideally they'd like to see more of Husso to make sure that he's the goalie that they thought he was and will be because uh, even before he had all the ankle injury problems last year, he, he wasn't really – quite playing up to uh, up to snuff but they, they've got a better team I think around him this year in San Antonio so we'll we'll see where that uh, leads him but for now uh, yeah the, the the rebirth of Jake Allen it'll be interesting though even with all these good games it's still been uh, Gordo it's still been on the road he's had only the one start at home since January what was it eighth or 12th, somewhere in there. I, I referenced it today. I think it was January the 8th against Dallas of last season. He had only one start at home, and that was a loss to Montreal where we gave up that uh, that fluky goal to Brendan Gallagher right off the faceoff on the blue line. It looked like Gallagher was just kind of dumping it in. He was almost like a casual shot. And so if they're really kind of going game by game, one Jake, one Bennington, it would be Allen's turn to start. Saturday at Enterprise against Toronto. So we'll, we'll see what happens Saturday. Yeah, I'm guessing we'll probably <laughs> see Bennington in that game. But still a lot of Jake. And I think the the way I look at the picture with this team, Jake, I look at like a lot of the guys, as you wonder about contracts and what happens going forward, they want to win another cup. They feel they have a chance to win another cup. And if you get Jake Allen back to being Jake Allen, what a tremendous amount of insurance that offers – uh, a team that wants to win again. Now, going forward, because of contracts, you can't keep everybody. It gets more difficult. You're going to have to make some sacrifices. Jake would probably be one of them. But and you, and you lose some insurance. But for now, because you can handle the cap, you're there. Uh, you don't worry about what happens to Alex Petrangelo if he doesn't get a contract done during the course of the year. You don't worry about it. You're trying to win another cup. Same deal with Jake Allen, trying to win another cup. Jake could, could help you win another cup. Sounds ridiculous. But what if what if but what if Bennington gets hurt? It happens, and he's out for twenty five games, and you need a guy that can uh, not only hold his own but win you some games. Well, right now Jake's showing he's that guy, and the team's getting some confidence in him. Well, yeah, uh, and who knows the, the way Bennington uh, occasionally will have hijinks with opposing players around <laughs> his net. Who's to who's to say that some big bruiser doesn't like break those little twigs for legs that Bennington have in half, and then all of a sudden you're down to. Uh, you're down to Jake Allen. But, yeah, you're exactly right. Doug Armstrong knows the window is wide open for another cup. You look at the, the Blues record. You look how, how they, they really, as the season goes on, even with the injuries, they look so structured. They look so locked in on their game. And when that's happening, you see the different guys scoring, uh, uh, the Barbashevs, even the Mackenzie McEckerns. And now you're going to get Sunquist much back much sooner uh, than you expected. Uh, Baruby told me today that uh, they think he can play, uh, at least that's the plan, next week already. So he may only miss like five or six uh, or six games. But, uh, yeah, they are, they, this franchise is, is, is definitely in a good spot, and you're exactly right. They, 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 they want to go for another cup. 
you got it. You've got to ride it while while you've got it. And, and right now, the Blues have got it. Yeah, and when you look at these recent games, you know they were on a tightrope. We talked about the fact they weren't. Uh, they were going into overtime. Uh, they were uh, having some shootout on uh, poor fortune there, but they were really up on the tightrope. Everything was was tight here recently. They've managed to uh, to win games a bit more comfortably and and build a bit of a goal differential that wasn't there all year for a team with so few losses in regulation. So they've actually, uh, you know, and I wrote about this when Tarasenko went down. There there was a chance that this team could actually, for the long haul, get stronger through the process. And I think you've actually started to see that. You've seen, you mentioned guys stepping up and then more guys stepping up and more guys stepping up. And a lot of guys are becoming better players as a result of Because the, of it. Yeah, the opportunities that they're getting now. Yeah, yeah. And Barbashev is a real good example. Even Sanford, although his numbers haven't spiked as noticeably as some of the others, but you just see the numbers that Sanford's getting. I think four out of his last five games, he's set season highs. For ice time, so Baruby's getting more and more trust with him. Uh, there were a couple games where he didn't show up on the stat sheet, but he's right in front of the net. And I think a Pareko go and goal and Fox goal, first goal, finally Justin Falk uh, finds the net, were in part because big old Sanford and he's a big body, a tall body, was in the net taking the goalie's eyes away. He's getting some penalty kill time now uh, because you have two of your top PK guys out now, Sunquist and, and, and of course, Steen, who's been out for a while. And he, he's also, uh, with, with Blay out, he's, he's, he's also been getting a little, uh, power play time. So, uh, I think Sanford's rising to the occasion, Barbashev's uh, rising to the occasion and, and, and you have some others and, uh, a little Nate Walker. I mean, he's, he's, uh, I'm sure he's going to, He's going to try to take advantage of this as, as, as long as he can, as long as he can. They, they had just kind of reached the point where I thought, Jeff Gordon, and we probably mentioned it here at the net front, that uh, it was maybe Tarasenko was, and, and the other uh, associated injuries were starting to catch up with him. And then, as you mentioned, they've kind of risen out of that a little bit. A big key for this team is scoring first. Uh, Craig Berube's mentioned it. They're such a better team and such a hard team to play when they take the lead first. Well, during when they were kind of uh, stuck in that shootout overtime hell a little bit, six out of seven games, the other team scored first. Now, during this uh, current four-game winning streak, the last three games, the Blues have scored first. And, and again, they're, 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 they're tough to get to. They seem like, too, uh, they're handling maybe the end-of-game situations a little better. Yeah, you look at you, you certainly look at the comments that uh, Jeremy Colleton made after the the Hawks game, and yeah, they had some chances, but they didn't have sustained pressure, and he and he just admired the fact that the Blues, with the lead, uh, knew exactly what to do, and and I think there's no better example of that than Game Seven against Boston, where they just absolutely put on a clinic of how to hold a lead, and really we've seen that here recently, where they've been uh, avoided that last minute scramble. That we don't, you know, that dreaded. Oh, they pulled the goalie, so this game is going into overtime. <laughs> Here lately, it seems like they've done a, just a better job of staying out of trouble, of keeping it, uh, keeping it basic, keeping away from the big mistakes late in the game, and just frustrating the heck out of opponents. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, five five to two against Pittsburgh on uh, on uh, uh, Saturday, and then and then four to nothing against Chicago. You talk about uh, just slowly strangling the life out of not only the, the Blackhawks in that game, but the crowd. And, Jeff, I, I'm not telling you anything. You know how rowdy that crowd could be at United Center, but it was just, yeah, the, the Blues just str- strangled the life out of them. A couple Blues, including Jake Allen, said, yeah, we're, 
we're kind of a boring team to watch. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's boring. It's it's like lethal gas or something, poison gas. They just they just they just uh, choke the life out of you. And uh, it's it's the way they've they've got to play. And now here we are. You know, we're we're kind of getting into the meat of the season. This will be the thirtieth game tonight. Uh, so uh, you you you're 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 getting into a really a a time of the season where where, t- where teams pay a little bit more attention to the standings and jockeying in the standings and. Here the Blues are. What are they? They're like uh, five points clear of everybody else, not just in the Central, but in the uh, in the Pacific uh, Division. And uh, they always seem to play with a lot of confidence when when Bennington's in the net, because they know, boy, he, we we got a chance to win every night out with Bennington. Now, he to kind of circle back to Allen. That they're, they're kind of getting that feeling whenever Jake goes out there. You know, one thing that people overlook because you know they're so busy celebrating this the Stanley Cup and the the amazing playoff run. But if you look at the regular seasons last year, uh, we all know that Jaden Schwartz struggled regular season, had a big playoff. But Braden Shen wasn't the same guy uh, in the uh, in the regular season that he had been the year before. Well, well now you're seeing uh, the Braden Shen of a couple years ago, and on the power play, the Braden Shen that played for the Flyers. You're seeing uh, Ryan O'Reilly 13 points each of the first two months. He wants to score goals. You're seeing David Perron pumping lots of shots on goal, and you're seeing Jaden Schwartz, who's you know, obviously last year, again, regular season, a nightmare. This year, he's finding a few more ways to, to produce. Those four guys have been have been really good. And what you need, again, no 91, and then with Blay and Sundquist going out as well, two other guys that have scored, you need those guys to score. And right now, I'd say all four guys are on their game. Yeah, and, you know, the Blues, without Tarasenko, a team with no, uh, no superstars, but they do, and we can throw Petrangelo, into the mix too. They have five guys that have 20 or more points and twice it kind of looked like Petrangelo had finally got his 100th career goal and and then it was uh, decided, you know, that the stat crews look at it that uh, that there was a tip in with Schwartz. That was a little more obvious but there was there was one the other night that uh, was credited to Petro at first and, and was later changed, but uh, yeah, you, you you've got the, those are kind of the five stalwarts, and people talk about O'Reilly. Oh boy, he just he's just struggling, and and uh, I haven't crunched the numbers, and I, I need to. He's part of it is he, he's just not shooting as much. He needs to shoot more, but he still, as you mentioned, he has twenty six points. He's almost at a point a game pace, and a lot of times I think he's deferring a little bit to Perron, just recognizing how hot Perron has been and how revived he has been. And like you say, the, the the Shen with the power play, he's among the. I think he's got six power play goals. He's among the league leaders in power play goals, and that was one of the reasons. Remember that they they brought him in because I, I think it was the year before they brought him in. He was the top power play scorer in the NHL. So you you can talk all you want, and you know, uh, uh, give Mark Savard some credit for 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 getting this uh, power play back on course. But also, Shen is back to the Braden Shen that they traded for again. Not that he was terrible, but yeah, this time last year he was struggling. You know, and it's a real credit to a guy because sometimes, and you've seen it covering sports over the years, a guy will finally get that that next contract, and in this case, true lifetime security. I think he was okay before, but I think I think he was fine. But I think this contract really makes him secure, and, and boy, he's responded very well to the contract in terms of his production. Yeah. Oh my God, he, he sure has. And remember, right off the start, didn't he score something like five straight games? Uh, he scored a goal after he uh, he, he signed the contract. Yeah, when, when you signed for uh, the amount of money he did, what was it, uh, fifty-two million, I think, extension. You're, you're you should be set for life unless 
unless you throw lavish parties or, or <laughs> develop an entourage. But uh, the Saskatchewan boy there, uh, Braden Shen, I, that's probably not his lifestyle, huh? I would think he's going to be okay. I, I think he's. Uh, I think he's just fine. And uh, uh, you know, his brother's fine. It's not like he has to take care of Luke. I think Luke's going to be okay too, <laughs> having played a long time in the league. Uh, Dad seemed to be doing just fine. So you know, I think he's he's good. And and it's just. Man, I tell you, you, you realize they did all of that last year uh, without having the real Braden Shen, and you did all of that up until the playoffs, that late push, without getting a whole lot out of uh, Schwartz either offensively. Of course, that changed come the, a couple of postseason outbursts. But there was a way, there was a path for this team actually to, to, to be better. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to win the Cup again because they barely got by Dallas, and, and there are a number of circumstances which could turn your postseason in the wrong direction. But – I think by now, and now and between the, the possibility for improvement, which we've seen, and the way they've performed, which we've seen, Jim Thomas, it's safe to say this team was not just a one-year fluke. This team's a contender again. Yeah, I, I think you really have to, uh, you really have to say that. Uh, uh, again, I think there's probably people in Boston that are still wondering, how did, we, how did we lose the cup to these guys and the Blues? I think partly because we refer to it, Earlier about the, you know, uh, Jake, a uh, little self-teasing, talking about the Blues play kind of a boring style. Maybe it's maybe because of that, but there's more skill than you think on this team, and, and I think more talent than, than a lot of people, especially maybe people that don't uh, uh, watch the Blues regularly, uh, especially on defense. So I'm hearing more and more now nationally that people are realizing, boy, that, that there are six defensemen. Oh, well, seven, really, you count – uh, Gunnarsson and Bortuzzo sharing the number six and seven spot. There, there may not be a better tandem in in the league. And, and now, uh, when you see Jake Allen really contributing and hot like he is, they, they've got to be at least right now, this moment in time, uh, among the you know maybe top two or three or four goaltender tandems in the league. And so it's a it's a hell of a formula. And uh, yeah, I. I think there's every reason to think that uh, that they can uh, they can make another run at the cup. Like you said, it's a kind of a razor uh, a razor thin margin that they they got by last year. Remember, even the Winnipeg series, they were they they lost the two games in St. Louis. They they go back to Winnipeg, tied two games apiece. Winnipeg got up in that key key game five, and I think that's when Jane Schwartz started to uh, uh, kind of go nuts in the uh, in in the postseason. But uh, it's 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 fun times. I, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm sure you are too, Godo. Now, uh, one thing we would see this year. I mean, Alex Petrangelo is getting his respect. He's the captain of a of a Stanley Cup winning team, so he's gained some stature in the game. Uh, I don't think there's any hope for him to win the Norris this year because John Carlson's just gone crazy. He is just having a phenomenal year, and I figure Washington will be in the hunt again. And you, you, what can you say when you look at what, what Carlson's doing and knowing that he's a good player on a very good team? But but let me tell you, that the way uh, Alex Petrangelo is playing is uh, pretty darn impressive. This is where he was uh, beginning of not last season but uh, the year before. Yeah, 17-18. He was probably scoring a few more goals. Although his points, I, I, I believe he's got 20 points. His points are – are probably similar than where they were. But I'm noticing now, you know, as I watch more hockey regularly, uh, just little small plays that'll make to kind of break up a pass or get on top of a guy or, or uh, ride a guy out wide that's this, this is, trying to use a speed move. Just little things like that that he does are, are, are just really, really impressive. And, 
You know, I, I think when the team struggles, uh, uh, not I think, I mean, we saw just how, how much people doubt well as he captain material. And I'm just seeing just little things, too, that he does around the team to show leadership. He, he, he talked to me a little bit the other day about just how he, he tries to make sure that new players feel, you know, at home. I mean, it's not like he's showing up at their house with a, like a housewarming basket, but you know what I mean? He just, he's just trying to do little things, get, make sure they're at the, the, the lunches and everything on the road when they, when they go out for a bite and everything. And, and you put it all together and, and, and you've got a guy, yeah, he, he's back on his game. I don't know. Last year, you know, he was still, I, I would say he was safe, safe, still struggling at this time. I don't know how much having the triplets and, Having that at, at you know at home factored in, you I, you certainly probably aren't getting as much sleep when you have not one, not two, but three newborns. But uh, yeah, he's he's definitely uh, been a big factor. And you're right, Gardo. He's he's not going to get to Norris, but you know I think he's probably got a good chance to to get another All Star berth. And uh, I'm hoping you know there's only I, I believe it's 11 players on each in the format on each division team. It'd be nice with the game in St. Louis. Maybe you get the three Blues. You know, on the uh, on the roster and uh, in the game for St. Louis, and you got other candidates for. I mean, uh, you mentioned the names earlier. It could be Shan, it could be Perron, it could be uh, uh, O'Reilly. Uh, so uh, uh, we'll see what happens. But oh. yeah, Petros definitely deserves an All Star bid. Dude, I would think. Dude, they better not overlook Jordan Bennington. Oh no! Oh, Bennington, yeah. Oh I'm no! Sorry. Cause, I overlooked him there. Yeah, because yeah. you know, uh, you, you, you know, how would, he Petro <laughs> and a forward. Pick your yeah. pick the name out of a hat for the yeah. forward. Because you know, Jordan, it's like uh, has he let go of that uh, the Calder Trophy uh, slub, snub yet? I don't think he has. <laughs> you know, uh, like I said, he's got a lot of stuff burning inside him, and that's <laughs> burning inside him. And uh, uh, I think every time he sees uh, Elias Peterson, that uh, it burns a little more. Well, and, uh, going back to Petro, you know, here's the other thing. That you have to, you know, Alex is well aware of the burden of being captain and the fact that he was well aware that it had been like 50 years since the team won the Cup. So you start, you start out last year, not only does he have all those screaming little uh, uh, darlings in the, in, the, in the house taking turns tormenting. Uh, Come on, Gardner, wife. be nice now. Be nice. I, actually, I like babies. My wife, she, was, she liked toddlers. I like babies. But uh, so we, together we got through it. Um, didn't have three at a time, though. Now, but in terms of Alex, now, so you're sitting there, and this team is dead in the water, right, under Mike Yo, It's just not happening. Oh, boy. And now he's shouldering. Dead. Now, how much of that does Alex shoulder, knowing the responsibility, knowing the, the fans are out there have been whining about him as captain or whoever the captain is, if the team doesn't win, they complain about him. And, and now this has gone on for a couple months where the team is laboring, and he's got to be – this has got to be killing him. Then it takes him a while to get it going. Now the team gets going, he gets going. But, you know, now he's been unburdened. That He's unhitched all of that that was killing him the first half of last year. That's all gone now. Now he's a Stanley Cup captain, and the world's a better place. Yeah, yeah, it is. And you could tell, obviously, it was a burden. It was a weight on him last year, and then, and nobody was happy. I mean, uh, uh, we all remember, most of us, the icebreaker uh, thing they had at the ballpark village, and I've never seen a place so packed. They were, they were practically uh, hanging from the rafters in that place, so they had all the high expectations. They, they, they did a pratfall, you know, for the first couple months of the season. So, yeah, he, I'm sure he felt a lot of it on his shoulders. He, he, uh, he takes hockey seriously. He takes, he takes the captainship and the leadership uh, seriously. Baruby will, will talk to him occasionally. Just uh, And they have a leadership group. I, I could not give you the, name or the names of the leadership group, but still – 
he'll talk to Petro Ruby just to, to kind of get the pulse of the team. Do we need a day off here? Should we make this an optional instead of a, uh, a full skate? And uh, uh, th- there's a lot that goes with it. I mean, it's just not a, a de- decoration on his, his sweater, uh, the C. And uh, you see some of these other teams, how hard it is to kind of buy into the whole team thing. And maybe maybe that occasionally means you're sacrificing some stats for, for, the, for the team game. But uh, this team's all in. And uh, the, the results speak for themselves. Now, Alex was pretty happy when they won, and he actually um, swore a couple times, which is a little unusual for him. I, I was kind of waiting for him, though, given what he's been through. I was kind of waiting for him to just to go like tear off the sweater, go uh, go shirtless, you know, go all in on a, on a like, yeah, yeah. Who's who's the bad captain now? I think that because uh, he, if anybody on the team deserved a chance to do that, it's probably him. <laughs> I think he left that to Bennington and maybe Maroon, right, uh, uh, for the for the post. But yeah, you know how Petro is. He's he's the button down guy. He's the button down uh, uh, captain. People that were wanting him to you know to throw furniture uh, in the locker room, or chairs or whatever when when things weren't going good. That's just that's just not his personality. But it doesn't mean that he cannot be an effective leader. He just does it in his own way. All right. Well, that's Jim Thomas. I'm Jeff Gordon. This has been another edition of NetFront Presence. We've got to let Jim get back to work in Pittsburgh. Our uh, junior executive producer, Hillary, has given us a sign that it's time to, to wind up here. We haven't had Hillary in a while. It's good to have her back in the studio. Uh, a reminder that all of our podcasts can be found on stltoday.com slash podcast. Do a lot of cool things here. Uh, I'm not sure that I and the Tiger is going to be. Uh, you're going to want to tune into that as the Tigers search for a coach and also talk about their horrific basketball team. Uh, you'll want to check that podcast out with Ben Fred and Dave Matter. Uh, but also uh, give our digital subscriptions a try. Much better user experience on your laptop or your tablet for sure. Until next time, I'm Jeff Gordon. That's been Jim Thomas. This has been NetFront Presence. See ya!